And before our readings, the prayer for illumination. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And now we have the readings. This is the word that Isaiah, son of Amos, gave concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation Neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. The gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 to 44. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would have not let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The word of the Lord.
Just two things that I might mention before uh, the sermon. And one is that I'm not arrayed in the usual garb of the day. I have to rush off immediately following this service for a funeral in Oromocto. So that's an explanation for that. The other thing I wanted to mention is that uh, I am a slightly raspy voice, much improved over 48 hours ago from a, a cold that somehow I picked up. Uh, I give a great deal of credit to something called chlorotripolon, which enabled me to shake off the symptoms quite quickly. But I noticed on the box that it said one of the side effects was drowsiness. So if I drift off to sleep <laughs> partway through the sermon, I hope you will understand and perhaps be thankful for deliverance. <laughs> Let us pray. God, give us a clear vision of the truth, faith in your power, and confident assurance of your love. Amen. Advent, waiting in hope. It's all about waiting. And now it's the first Sunday of this church season called Advent. Always, of course, the four Sundays before Christmas, a season of waiting, a season of hope, waiting for Jesus' birth, waiting for God to act. Waiting is uh, not a popular pastime in our culture. I placed a call to an office in Toronto and eventually they answer and then they put you on hold and you wait and wait and wait. Nothing you can do is one of the aggravating kinds of waiting. Or you go over to renew your driver's license my policy is get there early before they open and wait to get inside. And eventually you get to a desk and hope for a low number. You're 432. And the number flashed up on the sign is 401. So you wait and wait and wait. Now another different kind far different kind of waiting. A, a church that I had as a student, a young single student minister, they were too modest to say pregnant in front of the young student minister. So the lady tells me that her daughter is waiting. Perhaps a gentler word. Many kinds of waiting. It's part of life. And in years following those student years, I came to learn personally, nine months of waiting is a long time. That's a special kind of waiting. 
And then when you add three weeks of overdue, that's an even more crucial time of waiting. Perhaps we're always in an Advent mood. We're always waiting for something to come, always hoping uh, at the end of Advent season. We will celebrate the coming of the Christ child regardless of how we wait. Jesus will come. But in the meantime, how will we wait? What will we learn during this Advent season? Because surely there must be a purpose in this time of waiting in hope. Perhaps with Isaiah, it's no more, uh, it's, it's no more sh uh, spears, no more swords, or in our language, no more guns. Perhaps that's what we pray for in our time of waiting. Perhaps we will learn to see Christ coming again in our neighbor. Perhaps we'll see Christ coming in someone on the street. Now that is a bit of a tough one because it seems that giving to the poor isn't as simple as it used to be. Now let me give you an example. I came out of the TD building the other day and went across the street to the parking lot and I became aware of uh, a lady of indeterminate age walking with some difficulty towards me. And as I got to my car, she said, could you give me a ride? Well, I was ready to, uh, to refuse because I was in a rush. And then she said, but I'm just going to King's Place. So I said, get in. Now maybe that was my first mistake because once you invite someone to get into your car, you become the captive. I thought of that afterward. Fortunately, that part turned out all right. But then she asked if she could have some money. Well, I knew I had a toonie in my pocket. She said, could you give me $20? Well, that seemed a bit much. I know of two people in recent times who gave a $20 bill to someone on the street. But I said I didn't think I had a $20 bill, but I could give her a toonie. She said, that's not much for a meal. And so she, during the short ride to King's Place, she talked about money and I talked about my limits, limitations. She said, well, you haven't even checked your wallet. <laughs> well, I said, I know that there isn't enough there and that all I can give you is, uh, is perhaps a toonie. And it, it led me to the conclusion, and I wrote it down here so I'd get it right, but giving alms to the poor isn't as simple as it used to be. Sometimes you're up against the, the professionals. So at this Advent season, when the accent is on giving and giving to the poor, 
Well, it just isn't that simple, and we have to think of our ways that we will do it. So in Advent, perhaps we will be here in church, waiting for whatever God has to reveal to us, even today. You look for a moment at the reading from Matthew. If the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and prevented the break-in. Therefore, we must be ready. Be ready, awake in living a life of purpose through care for one another where that care is merited. Right human relationships. It's a great time, perhaps, to shake hands and make up, waiting for the living God who surprises us. We wait for God to be born in us, waiting and hope go hand in hand, as I mentioned, waiting for the birth of a child. Where is there more hope than in those months of waiting? Waiting combines with hope. There's a poem in the prayer book that could speak to us. It was written many years ago, centuries ago, by William Cowper, were times tougher then than they are now? I'm not sure, perhaps not. But these words were simply this. Sometimes a light surprises the Christian while he sings. It is the Lord who rises with healing in his wings. When comforts are declining, he grants the soul again a season of clear shining to cheer it after rain. In holy contemplation, we sweetly then pursue the theme of God's salvation and find it ever new. Set free from present sorrow, we cheerfully can say, let the unknown tomorrow bring with it what it may. It can bring with it nothing, but he will bear us through. Who gives the lilies clothing will clothe his people too. Beneath the spreading heavens, no creature but is fed, and he who feeds the ravens will give his children bread. The vine nor fig tree neither their wanted fruit should bear, Though all the fields should wither and flocks nor herds be there, yet God the same abiding, his praise shall tune my voice. For while in him confiding, confiding, I cannot but rejoice. So finally take as a closing word the dark times of life. We've all known them. The dark times of life are threshold moments. They are advent moments. And that 
on this first Sunday of Advent is our hope today. Amen.